and now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. Merry Christmas and welcome to the 64th episode of the SSEU podcast hosted by Chris Haberman. Chris, how are you? I'm hosting today? <laughs> I don't know. You always complain about how, how I introduce you, so I figured I would get it out of the way. Well, I'm just glad for at least a few more weeks, uh, at least until this impeachment stuff is over, that we can still say Merry Christmas. So let's just let's take advantage of it. Did you? I learned today. Uh, I learned today that apparently movie theaters are open on Christmas Day. Oh yeah, isn't it's always that been a thing. The, I'm sorry, Jason. It's, it's always been a thing. Yeah. Isn't that the war on Christmas? I don't know. Like, do pimply do do families really want their pimply kid to be there at Christmas dinner, or do you send them to go like make popcorn and run the projector? I remember going to. I remember going Christmas. Uh, to uh, uh, the bowling alley with, uh, with some friends and having some bowling pin beers and, uh, on Christmas night. Oh, uh, Chris, I don't think we ever told him on the podcast uh, that we went to we went bowling. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and how, and how did we do? Chris, how did you do? W- would you like to share with the audience how you did? I feel like I was sabotaged by my children. <laughs> <laughs> in fact uh i did not get my first frame that was bowled by my daughter uh but yes thomas is actually a decent bowler and i had a i had what one might call an off day <laughs> but the the best part was when chris went up to go and buy us a beer and mm. like a whiskey for me uh, and he comes back with it was it was at least a double of a whiskey and was maker's mark or something whatever it was, it was. Like a strip. It was, it was not Maker's Mark, it was a Knob Creek. Yeah, it was a triple. Uh, <laughs> like, she just kept pouring and pouring and pouring, and then she emptied the bottle, and then, like, it was the most generous drink I'd ever seen. She went and got a new bottle and kept pouring, <laughs> and I got a, a, a pint of of um, Surly Furious, which is a really good beer, and, like, not a cheap one, and I don't know what special they have on Sundays, but both of those drinks combined were six seventy five. It was unbelievable. <laughs> they basically lost money on that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, Ryan isn't here yet, uh, but we are joined by Jason Cooper, the master of brackets in the SSEU and bracket champion. This champion. What? What? what, what Crash what, bucket. What, what? What was it you won? I oh, won bracket of JVLs, uh, fantasy football. <laughs> Let's not remind him. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, how did your Bearcats do this year? Uh, in football, excellent. I mean, they're uh, ten and uh, ten and three so far. Missed out on the AAC championship. Missed out on a Cotton Bowl, but it was an exciting season. Still a young team. Uh, basketball team just beat Tennessee uh, on Wednesday. It's wow. Great. And they what, what? and their football team plays in what Nipple Stadium. Uh, Nippert, yes. The yep. nip. The, the nip. nip. But, uh, Jason, you have some good news that you would like to, to share with the podcast audience. It's like an official thing, right? Uh, yeah, it is very... It's, it's, it's Facebook official, so yes, it's, it's yes. official. <laughs> so, so everyone knows. Right. Uh, Jason already has... Uh, how old is Crossley? He's uh, three and a half now. 
and now he's going to be a uh, big brother. So, uh, midsummer. At which we'll, point, uh, I asked my uh, best friend Thomas. I said, uh, "Are you familiar with the term slipping one past the goalie?" Being a hockey fan, and he informed me he was familiar with that term. Yes, it is when you score, uh, uh, you get close to the crease, and you just put it in there. Congratulations, Jason, on getting close to the crease. (laughs) (laughs) We have a a full agenda today where we are going to be talking Christmas. And one of the discoveries that I've made uh, trying to figure out what my favorite Christmas movies are is that Christmas movies are terrible. Oh, really? Uh, there, there are very few of them that I actually think are good. And whenever I went to, I was like, oh, well, what do other people think? And I Googled it, I binged it, and I pulled up a list of like the best Christmas movies without fail in the top five or even at number one, you would find love actually on almost uh, every uh, single list. Yeah, that's, that, those are bad lists. I mean, Colin Firth makes every man kind of question a lot of things, but that does not make it a good movie. Who does not want to see porn directors ask actresses out and someone try to convince a woman to commit adultery using, like, cardboard signs on the front door of the porch or whatever. Martin, Martin Freeman was not a porn director. He was a stand-in actor. of some sort. He was a solo I actor. Think an actor. I think he was a stand-in. Like, they were, like, working okay. on lighting. Right? But they were naked. But they were naked because, like, I don't know. They've got a por- porn, I guess, like... Is, oh, you guess, like, Chris. Like, the, the, like I, I guess they really want to just get get the lighting and, and um, like, cinematography is a big part of filming a porno, I guess. Well, it, a... it, it makes sense to me because imagine if you're, like, as pale as I am and you're in front of the camera, you want to make sure that you get it right when you're naked since it's so bright. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And you still and, want and... to be able to see something. Well, of course, any movie with a lot of different characters and a lot of storylines is automatically good, especially if like most of them are English and posh and yeah, and you put it around Christmas and everyone gets fuzzy feelings. It's good stuff. And it's it's filled with all the stars. Is is like, love is is love actually the first of the movies that came out like every year, like Valentine's Day and New Year's <laughs> Day? Is love actually like the first New one? Year's Day? There's no New Year's Day, is there? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a. Uh, Who's in that? Oh. I know that there's a... Like, that's not like a parody? Like an SNL parody? (laughs) I gotta look this up. Alright. Bing. Bing it. it, New Year's Eve, sorry. It's New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is 2011. John Bon Jovi. Yes. Ludacris. Catherine Heil. Robert Robert De Niro? Yes. Zac Efron? (laughs) (laughs) Ashton Kutcher, the star of Ryan's favorite movie. But I think I think Love Actually was the first of those. I guess the newer wave. I'm sure there was more back in the. Uh, ever, nothing's new, but it was like a, a wave of like the Valentine's Day and New Year's guys, Eve. Guys, and, guys. Yeah. Part of this wave was a movie called Mother's Day. I believe that was oh, yeah. the last one. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. But okay. isn't. Uh, 
Isn't there a scene or a, a guy in love actually who goes to America and ends up in Wisconsin or something? Goes to like, Milwaukee and then meets um oh what's her face? She played uh, the the Keith Sutherland's daughter in uh in in twenty four. Yeah. Um, Elisa Cuthbert. Alicia Cuthbert. Yes. Who is delightful in happy endings? Anyway. Terrible movie. I hope it's not on your list, Jason. Uh, it is not. But, uh, uh, Chris, do you have any Christmas movie thoughts? Like, in general? Yeah, I, I'm generally with you. I'm not a fan. Um, they seem very manufactured and very manipulative. Um, I'm not a big fan of the whole Christmas spirit. Uh, you know, there's a song. I don't remember the name of the song, but one of the lyrics is, Christmas is a feeling in your heart. No, it's not. Christmas you're, you're, is... You're. Christ back in Christmas, Chris. Yes. Thank you, <laughs> President Trump, for putting Christ back, for letting us say Merry Christmas again. Um, no, uh, Christmas is, is about the the incarnation of God, about God becoming man, um, an amazing thing. It's not about a feeling. It's not about fuzzies. It's not about um, getting in the Christmas spirit. Um, I rant and rave about this every year, but um, – I don't like how how it's become commercialized, and all these movies are is is like a manifestation of the commercialization of Christmas to to um, manipulate viewers into feeling deep feelings of complicated family stuff. So uh, Thomas and I were talking about different movies, and like I remember actually seeing the movie The Family Stone in theaters uh, with a friend who wanted to see it. It was at a time I did not watch many movies in theaters. It had a great cast, uh, but it had, there was nothing to it. Um, I literally just watched that with Jeff. Did you really? What did you literally. think? Literally. Uh, well, no, she. We have it because I. We have a. We have copies of it, so she. That's one of her favorite movies, favorite Christmas uh. movies, especially. Um, I, I think it's. It's a. It's such. It's the Christmas movie, fine, yeah, but a family movie, but it is. It's. It's. Sarah Jessica Parker's character is such a bitch in it, <laughs> and everything's are so awkward uh, with um, uh, meeting uh, at, at meeting her boyfriend's family. It, it, I get, I get embarrassed for her, mm. and all the, like, it's, it's like almost like the Meet the Parents, where you're you're embarrassed for Ben Stiller. I can't. It's it's like a disaster movie. I, you know, because. I'm sure you always have that feeling meeting your uh, meeting someone's family for the first time, and that that just like uh, it gives me anxiety just thinking about them going through that in a movie that I've seen dozens of times. How yeah. how do you like uh, the rest of the cast in that movie? So Luke, well, Luke Wilson? Wilson, yeah, um, like I, Jason, I I remember this. The only thing I remember about the movie besides Craig T. Nelson, yeah. Well, touching his wife, um, Diane, Diane Keaton, Keaton, where her breast used to be. Yes, because um, she, she had relapsed in the mastectomy. Cancer. Yeah. Uh, the, the only other thing I remember was like Luke Wilson has a way of talking that makes me laugh. And I remember like he he got like a, a sport coat and he's like, is this houndstooth? And like there's something about he, the way he said that line that just made me guffaw in the theater because <laughs> <laughs> like he could deliver a line. No, he's he's funny in it, um, but like the what's his face Dermot uh, Mulroney, um, oh, he's kind of such a kind of a tool bag in it. Um, 
and then ends up, you know, wanting to sleep with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's sister who came along for emotional support. Uh, so he basically, it's, it's about kind of about adultery too. It's a family wholesome Christmas movie. <laughs> I, I, I also found out today, uh, speaking of the Family Stone, that Chris apparently does not like Rachel McAdams, huh? and Chris is just objectively wrong. Yeah, Chris, uh, defend yourself. Uh, I feel like the burden of proof is on you guys. Um, What's wrong with her? Seriously, she was excellent in 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 uh, Mean Girls. Do you just not like you, you pulled it against her because you had to watch the notebook a thousand times with your wife? I watched the notebook once <laughs> 20 years ago or whenever that was forever ago. I guess she, it's probably not that old, but like she, she's also she's in Game Night, which you love. Oh, yeah, she was she was delightful in Game Night. That's I haven't seen her much. She was delightful in that. But that was the first movie I was like, yeah, she's, she's good. She's not in a bunch of movies. She's pretty. Steady. She didn't like do it, but of course she did have one period. I was looking at it because we, I mean, my wife and I were talking. She was in The Notebook, Mean Girls in two thousand four, and then Wedding Crashers and The Family Stone in two thousand five. Those are movies that definitely are on cable. Probably one of those movies is on cable every <laughs> single day. And then she was in the Sherlock Holmes movies with uh, Robert Downey Jr. She I mean, just, she's she's no Anna Kendrick, but she's she's a good actress. She uh, charming. She's very charming. So, uh, fun fact about Family Stone: it had a budget of eighteen million. It made over ninety million. Oh yeah. So it's uh, you can make successful. Uh, Love actually had a budget of around forty to forty-five million, which is impressive considering the cast. It made almost two hundred and fifty. But when you think of the cast, none of the, none of those none of those actors had to do a whole movie. They did right. only like yeah. twenty minutes of acting. <laughs> they just show up for like yeah. three days. I mean, Alan Rickman was his, you know, he was on the, you know, he was basically in five scenes of the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. I could see why these movie, movies come out. Like, you get, uh, I mean, you can, you can get big names, and they big don't have names. to be like, uh, like, see if you can get it down to two days. Okay, then we have a deal. Okay, <laughs> so so they'll show up on set for two days. And, um, like, you could get Alan Rickman and Colin Firth and Hugh Grant all in one movie? Like, the girls are swooning over this. And, and, I mean, and they don't, it's not like they have to be on the set at the same time. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they film their parts months like it's apart. Filmed, yeah, filmed over the course of three years. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the guys don't mind this movie because, like, I mean, they know what happens at, at the end of the movie. Like, I mean, after the movie. <laughs> What happens? What happens, uh, Man of the Cloth? <laughs> the well, their 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 wives are are in the mood. Um, oh, I I wasn't married when I saw this movie. What what happens? Well, um, watch it and find out. Jason, why don't you uh, go ahead and give us your where? Because you are like, are you? I, a, a Chris- I, I, I love Christmas. I love Christmas right. movies, TV shows. I'm just telling you. Poor. I mean, obviously, just watched Family Stone before this. Um, I was watching two of my favorite episodes uh, uh, of uh, one of them is on my uh, top five favorite uh, Christmas TV episodes. Um, Crosley. Um, we watched the Mickey uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol tonight. We watched Home Alone uh, yesterday. Um, he was quoting Home Alone 
the Home Alone 2 book today when I put him to bed. Yes, we're all about the uh, Christmas entertainment. Which, uh, which Home Alone is uh, Trump in? The second one, right? The second one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's Runs in, he, in the lobby. He owns the plaza, and that's right. where they film part of the movie at. So, okay. so you mentioned the the uh, Mickey Christmas Carol. Are you a fan of the the Muppet Christmas Carol? Oh, definitely. That's obviously one of the top four. That was the one, the final four of the uh, of the uh, SSEU uh, Christmas uh, bracket uh, two years ago. Okay, but yes, uh, we love all the Christmas movies. Um, I just checked. That's on Disney Plus for anyone who wants to watch the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's available on Disney Plus. And if you don't have Disney Plus, like Thomas. Go buy yourself a life. Do you have a top five movie list for us? I do. I do. I do. Um, And these are kind of all across the board. I probably, when I was making this list, I had had probably 15 movies off the top of my head that I could put in there. Um, But these are the creme de la creme. Um, uh, Number five, The Bishop's Wife. And that's a Cary Grant movie. uh, 1947, I think. Um, Cary Grant plays an angel, and his job is to help uh, this uh, minister who is trying to add on to his church. And he's supposed to help guide him, but he and the Cary Grant, the angel, ends up uh, kind of not doing a good job and instead falling in, falling in love almost with uh, the, the, uh, uh, the minister's wife. But it's a very charming uh, story. Uh, of uh, finding wife. What, what's Is, isn't that a Whitney Houston doesn't know Washington the, the preacher's wife preacher's wife okay yes right. it's a the preacher's wife is the remake um, but yeah okay. uh, Bishop's wife excellent Number how's two. the remake it's good it's been so long since I've seen the remake but um, they get Whitney Houston to sing I think that's why they got her in that movie number four uh, the shop around the corner and that movie is with uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart and it takes place the late 40s. He really worked at a shop in oh, what's the town? Pottersville. <laughs> no, uh, Budapest actually. Oh. And it's uh, Margaret Sullivan, and they're both employees at this store around Christmas time. And uh, um, it, 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 it that actually has been remade as well. It was um, You've Got Mail, basically um, remade the, oh. the shop around the corner. Um, basically, two people that hate each other personally, but then become pen pals. Uh, and then they fall in love that way. Um, but a very good movie. It's on uh, TCM uh, is running it this week. This weekend, I think they're running both uh, Bishop's Wife and Shop Around the Corner. Uh, number three, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I have it on TV right now. It is uh, the funniest Christmas movie. Uh, probably the most, one of the most quotable movies of all time. Uh, Thomas, you haven't seen this, have you? I don't think I have. I feel like you okay, asked this- me about this the other yeah. week. This this needs to be rectified. Oh yes, you need to watch it. Turn on, AMC has it on, basically four times a day for the next seven days. But fun fact, uh, well, my number two movie is Home Alone, uh, the first one. Uh, fun fact: uh, Chris Columbus, who directs Home Alone, John Hughes wanted him uh, wrote uh, both Home Alone and Christmas Vacation. He wanted uh, uh, Chris Columbus to direct uh, Chris's vacation and got him to direct and they actually uh, uh, he started and I believe they, he was on set for a week and he called up John Hughes and 
John Hughes picked up and said, I know why you're calling. I knew this would happen, and it was because Chevy Chase was such an asshole to work with. <laughs> and um, he told him, okay, I understand. And he got, uh, he's like, I, I got this other script, and that's when he, he gave him the script to Home Alone. So without, because Chevy Chase was an asshole, we got Home Alone. Uh, and we got a great, obviously, Christmas vacation. Uh, but Home Alone is is the movie I've probably seen more than any other movie in my life. I mean, my son's favorite movie right now, Home Alone is one of them. So, so uh, you're saying he's a sadist? Yes. Oh, he loves <laughs> he it. He derives great pleasure at the at the pain of others. I, I, I don't look forward to the time when he's going to try to get a toboggan on our stairs. Um, <laughs> but my, my has, kids, so since that's on Disney Plus, and my kids have watched now all. There's a third. Home Alone movie, which I was not aware of. That, I don't that think you want to watch that. No, Scarlett no. Johansson is actually <laughs> has a very minor role in it as the sister. I think, um, I think there's a fourth one and a made for really? TV. There's a fourth one, and then there's an one that was on ABC Family with French Stewart. Um, yeah, uh, but but it's fun, funny, like listening to the kids talk about ways that they would like um, rig up booby traps. Know, booby traps in our house if we were to have you know ri- ridiculous like home like burglars i, I so, caught i caught like 30 minutes of home alone 3 on the treadmill the other week and it just like that half hour maybe want to kill myself do you, know what uh, do you know what the burglars are after in that movie no no a um computer chip <laughs> like a military computer chip that was stolen that the North Koreans want. The original Home Alone. I mean, I'm actually wearing my shirt right now, my uh, Fuller Go Easy on a Pepsi uh, shirt. Number one for me is uh, White Christmas. Do you like to do the OK sign upside down? <laughs> is, that, is that something you do in your house? A uh, lot? No. Um, but no, White Christmas, Bing Crosby, Danny Kay, uh, Rosemary Clooney, Vera Allen. It's. It has, and we've talked about the quadrants, and there are definitely, I have my Christmas movie quadrants, and all these movies kind of fit all of them. One, for Christmas movies, got to have music. Um, all these qualify. Obviously, White Christmas, the best soundtrack of any Christmas movie. Um, Home Alone uh, has the wonderful John, uh, John Williams uh, does the uh, uh, soundtrack for that. Um, um, other Quadrant has to be uh, mayhem. Got to have some <laughs> from from obviously the Home Alone, uh, the battle uh, in his house, uh, Christmas uh-huh. vacation, the lights, the uh, the Chevy Chase falling off his house, uh, uh, panic of something going wrong at the wrong time, um, whether it be the burglars or or you know Rosemary Clooney getting mad at Bing Crosby and the White Christmas uh, and then uh, karma like good things happening to good people and then you know bad things happening to the 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 wet bandits or just just maybe economic revival spurred by the sighting of a, a mythical creature i mean <laughs> that's another kind of typical christmas movie trope yes. yeah uh, wait, so uh, can you repeat your four quadrants again for me? It's a music, mayhem, panic, and then karma. Okay. Uh, so, so you mentioned you mentioned uh, White Christmas, which is like of the of the older Christmas movies. I really like that one. Yeah. 
other than that, uh, on my list, uh, I have uh, Gremlins, <laughs> yeah. which definitely has mayhem, uh, according to, to your quadrants. Uh, and so, so, so that's a great Christmas movie. Home Alone, uh, which you also mentioned, is one that I, I quite like. And then While You Were Sleeping, which is one that was on TV all the time growing Sandra up. Sandra Bullock. Yes, uh, Sandra Bullock and uh, what's his face? Uh, the Bill uh, Pullman. Yes. Then, of course, Bridget Jones' uh, Diary. Since oh, my gosh. It is bookended by the holiday season at both ends of the movie, so it counts as a Christmas movie. My, Jess loves uh, all the Bridget Jones movies as well. So. All of them? Yeah, there's a more recent one, isn't there? Yeah, there's three. Yeah. But like, there's like one and two, and then ten years or something, and then three. Yeah. And then um, Renee Zellweger became unrecognizable, right after that one. Yes, before that one. Before? She was kind of unrecognizable right before that too. Is that her? Is that her last movie? Big movie? Oh no, no, she is uh, Judy Garland in Judy. Yes. Maybe that's why she. Maybe maybe she's just like Playing Robert Downey band? Jr. in. Um, in that movie, he does blackface. Like maybe she just does these complete transformations to inhabit a character. She just wants to look like Helen Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Do you have any favorite Christmas movies, Chris, at all? Well, first of all, I, I'm I'm a little surprised and shocked that Scrooge isn't one of uh, Jason's favorites. Well, it's an excellent movie. I'm not saying that, but yes, my five favorites. Is it is it one of the fifteen that came to mind? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. So yeah, I, I did a ranking. Okay. Go for it. Uh, so I've got uh, Home Alone is number five. Christmas Vacation is number four. Uh, I don't remember many movie posters from my youth, but a town six miles away had a had a single screen, and I I remember whatever year that was seeing the movie poster advertising that that movie was in theaters. It, on the one screen in that town. Fantastic movie. Classic. Well, I don't know if it's a fantastic movie, but it's classic. Like, you look forward to all the different um, parts, and, and uh, who's... Isn't it Bill Murray's brother who's, who's like, the bad boss in that? Yeah, Brian Doyle Murray. Brian Doyle Murray, yeah. Yeah, just a memorable and, and just a, a classic uh, tradition every, every Christmas. I like uh, Dr. Seuss's uh, The Grinch, the original. The uh, original cartoon? Yeah. Well, that's not a movie. That's just that's that's twenty minutes. That's a TV special. <laughs> I mean, I've covered this before. There are definitely differences. Uh, Frosty's not on there. Rudolph Red's Reindeer, uh, Town that Santa Claus Forgot. Those are those are TV specials. Finally, F- fine, 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 fine. All right, I substitute GI Joe with with um, Channing Tatum as number three. Um, Charlie <laughs> Brown Christmas is number two. I love it. It's 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 perfect. It's amazing. Is that a movie or is that just a Christmas special? That's a Christmas special made for TV. <laughs> I'm aware it was made for TV. It was, it was made I'm for TV. At, at sponsored the standing, by Coke. At the at the lasting power of a TV special that that it is um, eternally relevant. Not eternally, but continually relevant. Um, and then number one would be um, uh, the Downton Abbey movie. Now we don't actually see Christmas celebrated. In the Downton Abbey movie, but um, one can assume that the year before and the year after kind of 
wrapped up in in the movie. So <laughs> I think we, we can consider it a a Christmas movie. I I, I will allow this. Uh, we are now moving on to our um, feature presentation of the evening. So, uh, Thomas, upon- Thomas, before we get there, um, I, I would like to offer a correction before we get to the the the, the big portion of the show. Who are you um, correcting? Well, th- I'm correcting myself. And, okay, and my go on. Um, I want, well, do we I have time s- for this? This is going to be a while. Eh, it's not going <laughs> to be a while. Um, I want to amend my previous comment about movie criticism and about bad movie criticism. So I had a very specific beef with the type of movie, movie criticism that I experienced listening to the podcast Pop Culture Happy Hour. And um, it's it's this simple, and, and I just didn't say it well, and I just want to say it again. Um, and that is that, that identity politics um, – I don't like when identity politics masquerades as movie criticism. So um, I, th- I think uh, definitely I, I mentioned that Ryan and I definitely are – 100% in favor of more women and people of color in film, both as actors and as people in the director's chairs, people in, in crews and all that stuff. And and we celebrate diversity, and we think Hollywood is not doing enough to make sure that women and minorities are well represented in film. However, better representation does not equal a good movie. Movies made by white men with white casts are not necessarily bad movies. So it is particularly dumb to stroke our chins and to do this sort of bean counting and pretend like it's movie criticism to say, oh, well, this movie is very so so white and therefore it's not a good movie. Or, wow, look, it's so representative. Um, this is a good movie. Like that, that doesn't move the needle in any particular direction. Movies should be representative. Um, however, that, that doesn't impact the quality of a film. End of – End of uh, correction. Right. I, 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 will, I will just say that in the movies I watched, there are plenty of women, and they're great. By movie studios, Thomas. Of a sort. I mean, I'm not. Pe- I, independent I, films. I am all in favor of independent film studios. Whatever doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Transition uh, for this Christmas episode of the SSEU podcast. We figured that we should watch. A classic Christmas movie and briefly talk about why we all love it and discuss it a little bit more in depth. Uh, and, and so on Jason's suggestion, we of course decided we're talking to- about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> we decided to watch the movie Pottersville. Uh, Pottersville is the story about this queen. I mean, do, we, do we really need to explain it? I, I'm pretty sure everyone knows knows what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's good because of all of the talented actors they got to be in it. It's destined to be a classic. It's only been around for what two years. Jason, can you tell us a little bit about why this movie stuck with you? Well, it stuck with me because. 
the first thing I heard about it was an, uh, I think it was an article in, I want to say, I think a slate, maybe, about why the hell this movie exists. <laughs> and, it, and it was, I think it, it came, it was like the, the, the week that the movie premiered, uh, and it was only in theaters maybe a weekend. Um, basically, who had the blackmail tape on all these actors to get them to be in this, uh, this, this, this movie, um, which is produced by Ron Perlman. So I'm guessing Ron Perlman has uh, videotape of, of Ian McShane doing the nasty with uh, someone. Uh, so you've got Mike Shannon, Tom Lennon, uh, Ian McShane, as you mentioned, Judy Greer, um, Christina Hendricks. Uh, who who am I missing? Ron Perlman. Obviously, Ron Perlman. Yeah, Ron Perlman's daughter. Well, <laughs> so <laughs> like what? How? Like so? Like Tom Lennon is like one of my favorite uh, actors. You know, sketch comedy performers, uh, anything, and. He's the reason when I watched that we watched this when it first came on Netflix, however long ago that was. And it was because wow. I was like, I was like, oh, Tom Lennon is in this. Great. I love Tom Lennon. Um, and then I'm just like, <laughs> he doesn't make it better. He, I mean, yeah, sure. I guess I guess I don't know that it could have been worse if somebody else would have been the but fake Australian. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Fake Australian. Sorry. Uh, but but so Pottersville is it's like it's set in this this quaint upstate New York town where uh, uh, it, it, is it quaint? It yeah. looks it like it's, it's like falling economically, down. It's like economically depressed. Well, the the mill just peaked, closed. And I at the like end, fifty years ago, at the end, I know Thomas said this. I, at the end, I've got a take on this movie, and I wonder if Thomas has the. He probably doesn't, but I'll be curious to see. If he has the same take that I do. Okay. So, I mean, like, there's literally one business open in the entire town. The general store? Like, general store. Um, this because... old-timey general store with, I would assume, a manual. Like, they probably don't have, like, the uh, an iPad and the square, like, swipe thing. They probably, like, have, they probably do the shink, shink. Like, oh, credit, I'm credit, sure they credit, don't, but... because at some point, Mike Shannon has to write a letter, and he does it on a typewriter <laughs> like i don't know if that was just to like they don't even have computers <laughs> this, this mill town they're so <laughs> like everything's manual <laughs> like in and you know it dings although no one has money it keeps, it keeps track of everybody's credit which which he doesn't but how people are buying credit <laughs> so, buying like, I, I don't have money for for the dozen eggs that i got and the toys, like it's it's a store that doesn't exist anywhere in America, but somehow in this town of Pottersville, there's a general store where you go to get your groceries and and uh, and your dry goods and, and your hard pack, right? And and, um, and apparently and, ghillie suits because he, he's got a he's got a sniper's ghillie suit, you know, hanging there. How much does that cost? You're like cashier. I would like some groceries. Would you get me some eggs and the gills? <laughs> but Michael Shannon puts in an impressive performance in this movie where he, wait, wait, he does from the first moment until till the last, he completely looks like 
He is bored out of his mind and doesn't yes. give a shit. Which, and I, he yes. never if, breaks that, character. You lived in he, that down, yeah. It's yeah. totally believable. And from the start, because all the other business, he start he shovels the the snow in front of his store on the sidewalk, and then all the other businesses are closed. You know, they're for sale, and so. He looks down, and there's snow all down the sidewalk in front of the other businesses where, uh, ostensibly, if there were other store owners, they would shovel the snow in front of their own walk. And so he kind of shrugs and is like, well, I guess I'll shovel the rest of the snow, and I guess I'll be in this movie. (laughs) And he has one expression the whole movie. Which, yeah. And it's one of just like silent resignation. <laughs> it's like, why the fuck am I here? Is the only lo- thought I'll be, coming to that dead soon. <laughs> but we'll, we just, we'll all we, be dead soon. The universe entropy will prevail. Can we just start with the 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 one sheet? The what's on? I'm sure the DVD cover. If there's a DVD of this, but it's the the terrible photoshopped uh, poster they have with all the actors, and the tagline is. Pottersville, it's a magical life. <laughs> what magic? <laughs> like, and then, and then you did kept they, doing. Did they think they were making "It's a Wonderful Life" too? Yes. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know. I I feel yeah. like th- this was um, funded. This is like a very subversive movie in that, like, it was funded by. Um, uh, like the Brookings Institution, um, as like a a um, uh, astroturf, so not a grassroots, but like an attempted grassroots uh, vindication of Keynesian economics, uh, <laughs> because they, like the economy's dead, and they basically could have like hired a bunch of people to dig holes and fill them in, and that like revives the local economy. Okay, so. Uh, okay, so here's my here's my overall take. Like at the end of the movie, is that like it's it's a mill town where uh, the mill has died. All everybody worked at the mill, and they're hoping that um, Bigfoot is going to revive their town because none of them move, have moved away. They're just hoping for Bigfoot to revive their town, and that's gonna you know bring back some sort of livelihood for them. So Bigfoot is Trump in that. All of these Milltown people, like they, they have. There's the exact same chance that Trump is going to bring bring back their steel mill jobs or whatever their, you know, uh, manufacturing jobs. As there is a chance that Bigfoot is actually roaming the woods outside of their town, and they should all just like move somewhere else and learn a new skill. But instead, they're uh, relying on Trump slash Bigfoot to bring their town back to life. I can't wait for for Pottersville to Bigfoot meet Stormy Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> and what uh, you know, Christina Hendricks could pull a double role there. <laughs> <laughs> important part this is a furry movie we haven't even touched on that yet let's, right? let's jump, let's, let's jump you're in. reading all this into it Keynesian economics Trump <laughs> it's, it's, but at its heart it's, it's a furry it's so, a furry. so the, the movie opens and we have Michael Shannon running a, an old timey general store 
and um, this family since the 30s. <laughs> and there's a customer there who's like, yeah, I, I know I can't pay for this. Yeah, he brings up like two, bag, two bags of groceries. He's like, what, what does he say? It's like 73-something. I and at it was that like point, like forty-seven okay. dollars or something. Whatever. It was. This is a good it, argument. It's two bags of groceries. No, and, I, I, and, it's, and, and it's at that point that she says, "Oh, I, you know, I don't have any money." Actually, I went grocery shopping without any money. Right. I mean, let's point out the first flaw of this movie is there is no self-checkout at this. Yeah, I. <laughs> he could. I mean, he he could have left the store. Uh, without having to pay Judy Greer to close it, if he had a self checkout, he could just yep. be like, "Hey, ring yourself up and you know pay or don't pay because that's just write it down in the, on the ledger because we don't have any internet or like no computers here. It's all like manual old timey stuff. Yes. Like there's a phonograph in the corner, I'm sure, <laughs> playing music. So he rings right. her up. He doesn't. He doesn't ask. He doesn't ask her for her email address to pull up her you know, loyalty account or anything like that. <laughs> he gets out a book and writes down. Judy Greer is right there. And she's just like, ah, oh, May. Such a, you're so oh, great. May, you're such a good man. <laughs> so, okay. and then, and then, so, so Maynard closes up, goes no, home. No, 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 no. Okay. First, Ian McShane comes, Bart. <laughs> his right. character comes. With moonshine. With moonshine. <laughs> and he's selling elk steaks. And all oh, uh, Connie loves these. Uh, uh, Michael Shannon's wife, uh, yep. Christina Harris. I My love wife, these. Christina Hendricks, yeah. Loves the elk. Loves, uh, loves the elk. Because oh. everyone knows there's lots of elk in New York. Yes. So, anyways, he buys it. And Dean Shannon gives him some moonshine. And he said, quote, moonshine will make you quite crazy. Foreshadowing. Yes. Foreshadowing. <laughs> so, yeah. He closes up shop. Well, he tells... Uh, uh, Judy Greer's character, you know, close up for me. Uh, take the Because uh, Ian McShane tells him, what is what is his quote? You need to breathe some life. Oh, yes. That's the quote that inspires mm. you. need mm. to breathe some life. You need to get out of the store and breathe, breathe some life. life. So I, I, I thought the, he closes I, up early. I thought the quote was, life took a poop on my face. <laughs> oh, no, that's later. I'm sorry. That's, yeah, that is... <laughs> On brand. Okay. Yeah. No. There are some nice poop scenes. Right. <laughs> yes. so, and I wish they would have just leaned into the poop more because <laughs> I was I would have been on board for that. I wrote down one like one note of the whole movie and it was it was uh Ian McShane talked about scat. So we'll get to that. <laughs> Alright. So uh so so to make this very simple, he goes home early and finds no 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 uh, he, he hears it here he's like a a, a, a howl yeah he goes oh he's a howl and he, he goes his wife got a dog no way did she get a puppy <laughs> he runs upstairs like it's it's the classic movie husband comes home early he's definitely gonna walk in on his wife you know banging the milkman which they definitely still have in this town yeah this town definitely has a milkman <laughs> yeah but and, instead and he finds Christina Hendricks, uh, his wife, dressed up as a bunny, and bunny? Ron Perlman, full, the sheriff, dressed up costume. as a squirrel. Right. As, no, a wolf! It doesn't work as a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps mistaking it for a squirrel somehow, and Ron Perlman, the sheriff, keeps telling him, I'm a wolf. It doesn't work as a squirrel. Which, I, I don't know how he got... Uh, 
He got Squirrel out of a gray, obviously wolf costume. Yeah. Okay. So, so here, I will admit, I find that scene hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I was laughing. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's like, I don't know what's going on. Like, there are, in the first 10 minutes of the movie, yeah. you get furries, and we can't tell a squirrel from a wolf, and like, Christina Hendricks. Christina Hendricks is there just like, well, what do you expect? I was bored. M. Night Shyamalan can't keep up with this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so a furry is someone who enjoys to dress up in animal costumes and engage in intercourse. <laughs> or just rub up against each other. I guess yes, that's dry the, house. Dry house. Although in this movie, they insist it's not about sex. They just like we like to just get dressed up. Yeah, but come on. No, it's about. I, I don't know what what the movie was trying to say. It's about sex. I mean, nobody is dressing up as an animal because. It, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't like that twist on the furry culture. I don't know. If, well, was was it a twist or were they just liars? They're covering for the furries. I think so. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know if they thought that they were going to get backlash from <laughs> from the, the furry, furry community. They're just like we just like to get dressed up. Like, it's not weird, right? Yeah. And I of mean, course, Ron, like, Pullman, we're, Ron Pullman. We're basically like, like like a more substantive version of of um, juggalos. Like, like we we just we just like put on a little like instead of putting on makeup and dressing like clowns like. We just put on fur. It's it's not about sex. It's just about you know. Uh, moving the plot uh, forward, Michael Shannon is devastated by this. Goes back to the general store because has... Christina Hendricks tells him, uh, "We need some." Uh, she tells him, "What does she say? We need some time apart." Yes, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so he goes back, starts drinking the moonshine, and then uh, asks. Asks Judy Greer if she belongs to a furry sex club. <laughs> has, has, has Michael Shannon ever ever seen anyone drunk before? Because he has <laughs> yeah. no fucking clue. He's... <laughs> how to ask. Yeah, he's not. A... He's Wait, not he a... asks Judy Greer that? He says, yes. are you part of a fr- Okay. Well, yeah, I, mean, I mean, to be and, fair. And then he Ryan, says, because Ryan, he says. Ryan. You, huh. you you have several employees working for you. Is that not a question you ask them? <laughs> yeah. Before before uh, or after the drug test? Generally, at some point, I you know confront them in a drunken stupor and <laughs> ask them, demand to know if they're part of a furry sex club. So so he's of course drinking and he's thinking about the fact that uh, Christina Hendricks is a furry, and he goes into the back of the store and finds a gorilla costume? Well, it's... No, it's a... Uh, a, a ghillie it's suit. A, a ghillie yeah. suit with a You're gorilla right. mask. It's, yes. From it's Halloween, a sniper's from ghillie suit. Yeah. I don't know why he sells that. Uh, because, I mean, I don't think people hunt in... Like, when you're oh. hunting, you, you're wearing bright yes. colors so you don't get shot. So you don't get shot. It is a sniper's <laughs> ghillie suit. To blend in to the forest, uh, to the forest, or to yeah, and then he and then yeah, he finds in old Halloween costumes he finds a gorilla mask. Is he is and 
he doesn't look convincing at all. He looks like a man in a yeah. brass costume with a <laughs> cheap grill mask. But, but he goes out onto town that night and everyone thinks he's Bigfoot. But well, hold on. Before that, like, so at no other point is the fourth wall broken in this movie. But for some reason, he turns back to the camera, which is inside his empty store, and growls at the camera like three times before he goes out <laughs> into the night. And I'm just like, what? Who's he growling at? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I guess that's Michael Shannon's con- what th- he thinks drunk people do. Yes. Michael Shannon must be a teetotaler because... <laughs> But but so he's like people get friggin' crazy when they drink. Yeah. This is what they do. They turn back to empty rooms and growl at the Chris just fell on the floor, I think. <laughs> but but to be fair, if if you look at Ian McShane, what what kind of moonshine do you think he would make? Uh, I guess that's pretty it. rough stuff. Yeah. yeah. I guess uh, uh, he could be out of his mind. But but so the entire town believed that there's a Bigfoot about, and it becomes a national sensation. A news story. And, yes. and one guy one guy says, oh, he was in our, he was in our, our, our fountain, our little boy peeing fountain. And at one point, the little boy was literally peeing in his mouth. <laughs> Cue visual of Michael Shannon in the costume, drinking from the... No one would describe that as literally a little boy peeing in his mouth. But that's what this guy says on the news. 70-year-old man, too. Yeah. Guys, I've got to be honest. I My great-grandparents on my dad's side um, uh, were blue-collar people, saved up their money, and in their retirement traveled the world, um, had an amazing retirement, took a, a lots of pictures, and as a seven-year-old, I saw a picture of a fountain of a boy peeing, and I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like it. And, like, and I believe I asked for that picture. It might have been a slide, actually. I was like, I want that, and I may have that slide somewhere, <laughs> because when they died, I was just like, that's hilarious. I want that. <laughs> Ah, so business is booming. Tons of people in a general store. They they are selling gorilla. No, not gorilla. Bigfoot gear. Jo- Jonah Goldberg comes to visit. It's all going great. Oh, then, great! I wrote down uh, Jonah Goldberg is full mast at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and this because, is because because Christina Hendricks, when she finds out about it, she like totally wants to bang Bigfoot. She's like yeah. totally turned up by it. Well, and and this is where the Keynesian economics kind of starts, is that, like, there's no money in the town until there's a rumor of a Bigfoot sighting. And then suddenly there's capital somehow for, like, people to produce Bigfoot gear and for people to purchase Bigfoot gear. All they needed was some excitement to stimulate the economy. And by stimulate the economy, I mean stimulate the loins of of Christina Hendricks. And the other furries. (laughs) don't they, then, have like, don't they have like, the town meeting and they're talking about it? And it's uh, it's because it's is in Maynard's store where they have yeah. the meeting. And then uh, everything happens in Maynard's. Every- and There's then, nothing else in the town. His, his, you know, uh, Ron Perlman's character comes in and tells Maynard, uh, "I'm never going to rub the bunny again." 
Oh, <laughs> is it, so isn't this also when uh, Brock is introduced at this right. time meeting? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In, yes. Tom Lennon shows up as a uh, TV, reality TV star who's a hunter who's known for hunting Bigfoot. And he's like so famous. He has a, he travels by helicopter. Is there anybody <laughs> in real life that's any, anything close to comparable? Like, no, Trump. even the most famous big game hunter in the world right now. Like I couldn't even tell you who it is, but everybody in the town knows who he is. Yeah. But, but it turns out that he's not even, he's working for some third rate cable company or something right. like people. He's are like, uh, he's like a helicopter. He's like Bear Grylls. If Bear Grylls was a hunter instead of just a survivalist. Yeah. But so it, it's pretty obvious from the beginning that he's a phony. He doesn't actually know anything about any of these monsters. He's making it up as he goes. Um, he's really good at promo retakes. Is he really good at them? Um, but then uh, he hears a Bigfoot. Michael, Michael Shannon actually went to the, the place where they're, they're viewing because he wants to perpetuate this because Keynesian right. economic boom that's come to town. And plus he thinks he's going to win his wife back yeah. by pretending to be Bigfoot. He's like, I'm going to make the town famous and I'm going to get my wife back. By... Well, like, like, how, how, are, how, how are you going to win your furry wife back <laughs> by being the biggest furry around? Like, right. This exactly. logic makes sense to me. Yeah, you know but, it's but not, you don't it's do not that. terrible. I know she treats him like when she finds out, she's completely pissed. But I mean, to me, he's like, "All right, you're into that. Let's roll with it. I'll be into it too." Yeah, <laughs> let's do Harry and Hendersons. Come on. I think they have deeper issues <laughs> than just him not being into. Me, they might have some some marital <laughs> issues. So 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 Thomas Lennon's out there doing his show which he's used to totally fabricating but he actually hears a sound which indicates there might actually be a Bigfoot. So he's ready to get the fuck out of town. Yeah, but uh, his uh, super cute producer lady uh, <laughs> convinces <laughs> him to stay. Mm, uh, why why Thomas, is she super cute Thomas? Yeah, why is she super cute? Like his super cute producer convinces <clears throat> convinces him to stick around, and they are going to go hunting for Bigfoot together with Ian McShane, the Squatch, can, can, the Squatch. Yes, can we can we talk about just Ian McShane? How he decided to pronounce uh, Michael Shannon's character? It's it's not everyone calls him. It's Maynard Maynard Maynard. Yeah, he calls Don him Maynard King. Maynard Maynard Maynard. <laughs> It gets me every time he says it because he says it every every time. It's, it's always Maynards. Yeah, Save wonder. big money at Maynards. I, 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 I like how thing. I like how even in something as shit as this, I just love Ian McShane. He's the best part of this. He's the best part. I think Judy Greer is up there. Judy right, Greer's yeah. performance is great, too. but Ian yeah. McShane is like. <laughs> I don't think Judy Greer knew which movie she was in because <laughs> she is like the emotional scenes. She's like delivering like Oscar-worthy performances, <laughs> like in these emotional scenes. And Michael Shannon's just like, you know, <laughs> giving her nothing and just like <laughs> pretending. 
to be drunk like no person ever been drunk before <laughs> and doing one like like what Chris says he has one expression he's <laughs> like they didn't pay me enough for any of my other expressions <laughs> let, and let it be said Judy that, Greer does scenes with no makeup and she's just like you know completely exposed no makeup and just like pouring her heart out and and it's just in this movie and <laughs> What 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 is Michael Shannon's character named? Maynard. Um, uh, what is John Keynes's uh, middle name? John Maynard Keynes. <laughs> okay, Just saying. Uh, all right, but so they go out uh, to hunt for Michael Shannon. Uh, of course, Ian McShane Squatch. manages to catch the Squatch. Ian McShane says, "The scat is my favorite part of the job." No, 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 no. Tom Lennon. Oh, uh, Ian McShane uh, asks him about the scat. Okay, and, and here's the Tom line: Tom Lennon doesn't know what scat is, and he says, "The scat is uh, my favorite my, part of the job. You know, job. I put my that's, hands in. I just get right in there. I just get right in there." <laughs> and that's after he's like pooping in the woods and calls yes. his producer, and she's getting massage. And he's like, I'm pooping in the woods right now. And she's like, gross. Why are you calling me while you're pooping? And she's like, <laughs> what are you going to do for toilet paper? And he's like, I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> he says, I have some Purell, but I don't think that's going to do it. And at this point, can and I then, just say... And then Bart comes out and grabs him. Right. <laughs> yeah. They should have just, like, gone full into the poop. Hubert. Full scat. But, yeah. At this point, I just want to say, much like Mortal Engines, this movie is terrible, <laughs> but I love this movie. <laughs> Michael Shannon's character writes the note on the typewriter. Is that before or after? But is he going to kill himself because he thinks, oh shit, Bart's going to catch me? Bart yeah, I, no, I think he think he thinks that Bart is gonna shoot him dead. Yeah, yeah. I think he thinks Bart is gonna use a real gun rather than like he doesn't know that Bart has known the whole time that it yes. was him, and so he thinks Bart has a real gun. He's gonna shoot me, and that's why he writes the note on the typewriter. Yeah, he's basically committing suicide by Hunter. Uh, in the end. Uh, it is revealed that Michael Shannon was just faking it, and all the tourists go away, and they re- reveal us. <laughs> and fraud. Tom Lennon is going to sue the town. Yeah, in, <laughs> in a, in a reverse, of that's a normal that that could happen. In a reverse class action Definitely. suit, an yeah. and suit. and people and, and the town is totally like, oh, that's going to affect me. And one lady says, "Well, uh, what did she say? She says." Um, Cancel Christmas. There or there goes Christmas because Tom Linden is going to sue the town. <laughs> and his store, his, and there his store closes because apparently people don't need groceries anymore. They're like, I'm going to drive a hundred miles to Costco. Michael Shannon is revealed to be a very good person who hasn't like taken up any other debts that they've written down and, in this book. Well, hold on before that. Yes. Judy Greer, Judy Greer calls a town meeting to yell at everybody and tell them how, how great Michael we, Shannon wait, wait, is, we haven't what a great person how. he is. And she says to the guys who've been selling Bigfoot stuff out of his store the whole time, did he take a cut of your Bigfoot stuff? And they're like, <laughs> uh, no. At that point, I was like, fuck Michael what? Shannon. How the fuck did he not take a 
cut of their Bigfoot stuff. Can we, can we what kind of person that? lets them just like, you know, uh, and yes, just, okay. just put your merchandise in my store. I will, I will, I don't, for the I don't work, have sell it for you, and I'm not going to take anything out of that. Can we just go back to the point? Because he got caught, he got shot in the tranquilizer, and right. Brock, they're basically bringing him in the back of Bart's truck to the reveal of like, uh, Brock's going to show him who it is, and then that's when the mask is pulled off. But in that scene, with like all the townspeople around, there's like five or six furries there, <laughs> and then like the crowd. Yeah, and we did, wait. We didn't even it, talk about the. Oh the, right, they interrupt uh, the, when they're uh, when they're out hunting with when, yes. when Brock and Ron Perlman and um, Ian McShane. Ian McShane are out hunting. They uh, stumble upon a a furry party in the woods where it's Four all foot. It's like thirty something. I guess he said that there's thirty two something furries, and they're all there except for Ron Perlman. And, and Shane asks, "What's a furry? Right. Furry's a person." Yeah, Ron Ron Perlman gets very defensive, and then finally admits that he's one of them. And uh, but then, um, did you also notice like the scene, the setting there? It's basically they they shot it in a Christmas tree lot because it's all like six yeah. foot <laughs> Christmas trees, yeah, with lights on them, with with the right. Christmas lights. But even Shane clears them all out. Uh, you guys got to go home. And he doesn't let uh, Tom Lennon or because Tom Lennon's kind of like into it. He's like, oh, this feels pretty good. And yeah, Stephen Hicks is rubbing up against him. So. Right. Yeah. But uh, so so as Ryan say at the end, Judy Greer convinces the town that uh, Maynard is a terrific person. He does so much good for the village or for the town. And they all invade his store and they go to his book. And I guess. They're putting down how much they owe him in a book or something. I get, well, they're, giving, they're giving him because money. Kept, apparently, they kept track of it when he yeah. said it. Where did they find the money? Yeah, like, <laughs> why weren't you just paying for your groceries? If... <laughs> well, they were, well, they were putting uh, down how much they owed him. They weren't. Were they actually paying him? I feel like a no, few they're people paying him. They're paying money. Yeah. yeah. It was supposed to be like the wonderful life where they just like bring. Like, exactly. Okay. Like, oh, filling right, up right. a basket. So like, it's, oh, it's we, that Bigfoot we love money. you. So, uh, Keynesian economics, when Bigfoot comes to town, everyone has money now. Yeah, they got that TV money. They got that money huh. from the. From yeah, the guy flew the, out the The show being on like a third rate, the, the town being on a third rate. Uh, reality TV network, you know, like Money out, outdoor life. And don't forget the the reporter Furry. coming back, the the Latina reporter who rolls her R's that joke like five times. Gutierrez. Uh, Gutierrez. Why does she, she pronounce her own name like she's never heard it before? <laughs> <laughs> but but so, so here's the thing about Pottersville: it's a wonderful life, but with furries. Michael Shannon is down on his luck. It's all going terrible. He's contemplating killing himself by Hunter, uh, in this case. And then in the end, the entire community shows their appreciation for him. It is, it's a wonderful life with furries. And let me tell you, it is ten times more entertaining. <laughs> Frank, Frank Capra really should have put a few furries... <laughs> 
and it's a wonderful life. Like, <laughs> instead of an angel, it should have been a furry. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris has always said that he, he found it actually quite entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, did you like it? I like, mean, it's like, it, it's insane. Like, how could you not be entertained by watching this? Like, like there's no, I mean, I, I don't know how this was made or who thought of this, but like, I don't see how you could watch this and not just be like at every turn, especially the first time you watch it, just <laughs> laughing, you know, out loud, like falling off your couch. Like, if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Uh, Jason, do you watch this every Christmas now? or? Like... Oh, yeah. Two poles up. This is the second. <laughs> <laughs> you get you and Jess and Crosley sit down and you explain how Crosley was made. Yes. When a mommy and a daddy. Other. Yeah, yeah. When a wolf and a bunny. <laughs> a squirrel. <laughs> Any other concluding thoughts on Pottersville, Chris? Nope. Jason? Uh, everyone needs to watch it. Netflix has it. Watch it. It's a Netflix original. Wind River is no longer Netflix. <laughs> uh, they're pretty They're pretty similar. Pretty much the same movie. From each of us to all of you out there, uh, a Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. Uh, Feliz Navidad. Good night and good luck. Thank you, Jason, for being on the show. I've been waiting on you. That's funny, kid, because I've been coming for you. Oh, Santa, I've been killing just for fun. Well, the party's over, kid, because I, because I got a bullet in my gun. A bullet in your what?